Father, we are grateful for this time and the reminder of your unfailing love. And at this time, we, Father, give you our attention. We fight off the distraction. Our desire is to hear your voice speak to our souls, to speak into our lives, to give us guidance, to give us direction, to give us encouragement and hope. Lord, we are here to be with you. And so, honor this time. Lord, may your spirit do his work in each of us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated or stay seated, whatever the case may be. Well, we're continuing our series, Songs of Life, going through the book of Psalms. And again, I'm not taking every psalm. I'm picking out some of my favorites. And it's difficult because there's... A lot more that I like, but I, I want to try and get through this series in a timely manner. And so as I'm going through and I'm listening to him, I'm like, oh, I really like this one. Oh, but I know this one kind of says the same thing. I mean, last week we talked about Lord break their teeth in their mouth or teeth in their mouths. Um, and we, I had to cover that one because I know that one comes up in my mind a lot. Um, don't ask me why. But I wanted to try and capture some of the things that the Psalms are describing that are just part of our lives. They're songs that reflect what David or others who wrote them are going through. They're to capture the emotion of the moment. They're to proclaim the truth that they're holding on to at that point. And I want to ask a question before we get into today's psalm. For you, what is the most important thing for your life? I want to hear from you. Okay, that was an awkward pause, silence there. This is a question. You don't have to raise your hand, just shout it out. We don't, we don't raise our hands here. This is anarchy. Family? You got to say it. Movie, movie career. We'll talk later. So family, what was it? Health? Prayer? Prayer? Marriage? Life? Children? Joy? God? Oh, the spiritual ones come out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How do you top that, right? God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, you win. This, this isn't a contest, right? And someone said here, love, Right? Now, now, the important things in life, let me just challenge us in this. The important things are the, in life are the things that we strive for. So we can say things like God and, and prayer, and those should be important. I'm not discrediting those, or life and children. But really, what is most important for you is the thing that you put most effort into. And so if, for example, you said, well, the most important thing in my life is prayer, but you don't pray then there's a disconnect between what you're saying. Maybe you know it's supposed to be, but maybe it's not quite. Or maybe you say marriage, but it's really, if you were to look at your life, it would probably be work because that's what you're giving your effort to. 
And, and so the challenge here is the most important thing in our lives is the thing we give most attention to. It's the thing that we put ourselves most into. I would challenge you that that is what is most important to you. And most of the time, what we are trying to find through work, through family, through all these things is this acceptance and this place where we belong. And we're trying to find or experience love. It's a driving force for a lot of the things that we do. We want to have our lives content, satisfied, have a sense of peace. And that's why I asked the question in our 10-minute party, who was your first crush? What was the name of your first crush? And it was interesting to me how many of you remembered first and last names, <laughs> right? And, and aren't those, it's like, it's funny that those names stick in our head. And for some reason, those first crush names, they're so cool. I mean, they just have this ring about them. Like, what was one of the names? Someone give me a first and last name. Roberta Parks. Roberta Parks? What's that? Bill Waddell. Bill Waddell. Like a basketball player. Oh, don't don't tell me your husband or wife. I know that might be true with you guys, but we don't want to hear the truth right now. We're trying to embellish things. I mean, you remember these things back at the time. I remember... I mean, I, I liked girls at an early age, but my first crush who, who I thought was a girlfriend or when I said, you know, you say things like, oh, I'm in love. What does an eight-year-old know about being in love, right? <laughs> but to you at the time, it's like, no, this is love. You know, and they called it puppy love. I mean, that was a song. Anyway, her name was Tali Shapiro. I thought, wow, that's a cool name. Her dad was a producer in Hollywood. I don't know what her mom was, but I remember her. I remember going to her house when we lived in Hollywood. And I remember thinking, I like Tally. I'm in love with her. Whatever that meant. I didn't know, but I just was this feeling. And it was something that I wanted to pursue. And you see, that became something that I cared about and so invested time and interest in. And love usually is. And, And what we love tells who we are. As I've said before, you can know the right thing, but if you love the wrong thing, you will make the wrong choices. And so our lives show us what we care about and what we love. And that's why Jesus said the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, your mind, and strength. And so we're going to be looking at Psalm 63. If you have a copy of the scriptures, open it up. If you need a copy, raise your hand and they'll get one to you. Psalm 63. Again, this is in the second volume of David's books of Psalms as well as others who pen these. The second book is dealing with the national aspect. Israel as a nation, it's meant to for them to sing and have this awareness. And we saw a few weeks ago how even though it went to a national setting, they became very personal. And there was a reason, because the God of Israel, the God of Jacob, was very personal. 
he showed up. He spoke to them in very tangible ways. And so their understanding and relationship of him was something that stood out. And Psalm 63 is one of my favorites. It says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for the jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. What stands out to me in this psalm at the very onset is as David is calling out, he says, you, God, are my God. You belong to me. And you think about that. That's an interesting thing to say about God. I I remember when my kids were small and they would fight over me. Due to technical difficulties, this portion of the message did not get recorded. We apologize for this unfortunate mishap. Starting in verse 1, Isaiah is writing it down. He says, come, all you who are thirsty... Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. The Lord is pleading that we would come to him to find the satisfaction that we need. In verse 5 in Psalm 63, it says, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. We can settle for less. We do settle for less. We give of ourselves to things that do not satisfy. We give of ourselves to things that are less than. And it's not that God is calling us to live lives of you know, in a monastery to become nuns or priests or become celibates or anything like that. What God is calling us to is an understanding of what real love is. 
an understanding of that this love is better than life and this is where we build all our life and all that's a part of it on. Because if we don't, what we find ourselves doing is investing ourselves in things that actually aren't going to satisfy. And we'll mistake love. Oh, I am in love. I I know this is love. Why? Because it's satisfying me and we don't understand that that's not love at all. That love is actually when you give and if you don't go to that place, you don't understand what love is. Because love is there even when everything else is falling apart. Love is strong and it is something that you can build on when the world around you is crumbling. But if you don't have the real thing, you will be investing in the counterfeit over and over and over again. And our lives become very dark in the things that we invest in trying to satisfy what we really want in life. And so we get addicted to drugs and we get addicted to certain things and we have affairs because we are trying to find something and it's all self-serving and it's all self-serving. Give me, give me. And we don't know why won't it satisfy me. Nothing is meeting the needs. And God says there is something different. It starts here. There is a love that is better than life. And until you invest in that, it's dark. You know, my first crush, Tali Shapiro, is a tragic story. I never knew why I didn't see her in fourth grade until later on I found out. You see, Tali was abducted and she was raped and beaten and left for dead at eight years of age. And the man who did this they found and convicted later on, and he had multiple cases. She was one of the few that survived. And 40 years later, she came and testified against this person who's now in jail. See, people will destroy themselves trying to satisfy themselves. And and this is an extreme case. But we can all do that. You love the wrong thing, you will make the wrong choice. You don't love the right thing, and you will find your life crumbling. But if you love the right thing, you will find that you can build on a life, and like David, you will one day be able to say, Lord, your love is better than life. Do you really think that God wants less for you? You see, when will we understand that all the things I'm trying to do, and and when the scripture says, don't do this, well, what happens in my mind is I think, God, you don't really want what's best for me because I think this is better, and so I'm going to go ahead and do this. Because God, if you knew how good this was, you wouldn't tell me not to do it. And so we give of ourselves to things because we don't believe that he has what's best. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe he has your best interest in mind? And if the answer is yes, 
then lean with all of your life on it. Put all of who you are and trust that this love is better than life itself. You will not be let down. You will not look back and say, oh, I shouldn't have trusted this. I shouldn't have put my faith in what God said. I should have went for door number two. You will never do that if you will just trust. You will eat of the richest affair. He will hide you in the shadow of his wings. And you'll find a love that is better than life itself. What are we living for? The challenge is for all of us, even as David laid out here, that we would invest our lives because we want him to be our God. Let's pray. God, I have made too many mistakes in my life. I have invested myself in things that are not really bread. I have given myself over devices looking for pleasure and thinking it was love. I have mistakenly assumed things would satisfy me that didn't. And some of those things are even religious. But God, may we understand as David declared that you are the one who satisfies the thirsty soul in a world that is desolate and dry. You are the one who brings the food that satisfies. You've created us and you know what it takes for us to be whole, to be perfect, complete. And it starts with this love that you give. May we not settle for less. May we not be satisfied with what is selfish. May our eyes and our understanding be open to recognize that if we will invest in you, we will find a love that is better so I pray, God, that our desires and what we want most in life wouldn't be acceptance, but it would be you. And we would allow your voice to mold and shape us to be the kind of people who love like you love, who care like you care, who are the testimony of who you are because of how we live and how we love. 
ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.